What's up, everybody? Welcome to the pre-Thanksgiving edition of The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all of your mediocre fantasy football advice. It's the week of Thanksgiving. It's Monday night. We're coming off of a very strange week 12. Randy, how did you feel about that week? Uh, I mean, I felt I didn't feel great. I lost in a lot of leagues, actually. <laughs> it was not uh, great. I lost to Christian. You. Yeah, it's just all bad. Yeah, I'm in some good company here. Uh, I beat both of you this week, barring the Ravens defense scoring 30-some points tonight and Mark Andrews goosing me. So uh, how are you guys feeling, honestly? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you should really feel good about beating me in Dynasty, seeing the lineup I put out there this week. Listen, how is that his fault good. that you put out that lineup? Seriously, my defense nobody, I'm not probably. saying that. I'm saying I had nobody else. Yeah, my defense is just playing well right now. Sean, it feels like you say you have no one else every week for Dynasty. <laughs> okay, so, Randy, who would I? Who should I have played other than dude, over Kalen Balaj or Cameron Bright? Dude, I don't know. That's that's the league I tried to tank in, and I haven't lost since. I don't know what the hell's going on, man. I'm down, I was down my top four <laughs> weapons in that game. I had no Kirk Cousins, no Damian Williams, no David Johnson, no Juju Smith-Schuster. You just named a bunch of guys with single-digit points like the last three weeks. <laughs> I was gonna that's say my top, that's <laughs> the, that's my top four. You haven't had them all and season. Ty Hilton was coming off a three-week injury. <laughs> Sterling Shepard was coming off an injury that Christian thought he would never play football again. Actually, I think that was me. But... No, you both of us. Yeah. George Kittle was George Kittle still has a has a break in his knee or his shin or something. Ankle, but I started Kalen Balage. <laughs> That Listen, sucks. you knew you're gonna lose the second you did that, so don't even put that on us here. It was him or Daryl Henderson. Oh, He's probably not gonna play tonight. I would probably picked him. To be honest, I would have just started nobody and hope for more points. <laughs> That's not a All thing. Right. All right, let's get <laughs> Anyway, before I get off this podcast with these two hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining. Uh, like I said, this is our pre-Thanksgiving edition of The Cut. We are only going to be recording this episode this week. Uh, we're going to be traveling on Wednesday. And let's be honest here, you guys are going to listen to us Wednesday or Thursday anyway. So we will uh, we'll get, this, get this episode out to you guys. We'll also be posting our uh, Week 13 rankings on our website as well as our starts and sits for Week 13. Both will be going up on the website. We're not going to have a show for it. Um, what we're going to talk about on this episode, we're, we're going to go through the uh, top 10 in each position uh, for week 12, uh, and then we're going to get into a Thanksgiving preview. We will talk about the Thursday games that are coming up per Christian before we started the show. Uh, he, he's not a big fan of these matchups. Um, I, I, they're not great, but it's football. It's three games. It's on Thanksgiving, so you can't really complain too much. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter at the Cut FFL and Instagram. Uh, like and share us at the Cut FFL on Facebook, and then uh, hit up our website www.officialcutpod.wordpress.com. And if you'd like to support the pod, shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Uh, boys, you guys got anything to add before we get into it here? Yeah, really quick, I want to add that all 31 previous episodes were also pre-Thanksgiving, so this one is an exclusive. That was. Okay. Was that was that honestly necessary to say? Was that necessary to bring up? Like no. what? No, I apologize. I I sat on that for a really long time while you well, did the intro. Technically, that was late Thanksgiving because it was a week early, and uh, no one gets that joke, Randy. All right, we weren't recording yet. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Anyway, let's move. Before I shoot someone, let's move into the week 12 recap. There's no here. way you want a gun. Anyway, uh, what the heck happened to the start of this episode? So let's start uh, our week 12 recap with the quarterback position. Um, we'll go down the top 10 and leading the charge by some ridiculous number is Ryan Tannehill. He had. 259 yards and two touchdowns. He only threw the ball 18 times, but he had 40 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I, I don't really know what to say about this game. I mean, it's his. It's only the second time this year he's been over 20 points um, since he's taken the job over. I, I And part of it was being at home against Jacksonville. 
I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I, I don't think this is going to be a common occurrence. Uh, Go ahead, Randy. I don't think so, but this is the second week in a row he's kind of done this. So I'm kind of like, like he didn't have an. I think you're thinking two out of three because he only had he had 17 against Kansas City, but he had 25 against Carolina Week Nine. Yeah, so it's been two out of three. But like, if you're looking at the the quarterback position, 17, like I'd still be happy with 17 points. Um, and I want to say his lowest is the 17 points against Kansas City since he took over. Yeah, if, if you don't count, yeah, if you don't count the game where he came in against Denver. So I mean. The, the matchups during the playoffs aren't phenomenal, but he's got Oakland in the first week, so I think he's a streamer there. I mean, Indianapolis is probably – Well, I mean, after a, after what the next guy did against Oakland. Sorry, Randy. Yeah, rough. But, I mean, I think you can play Tannehill. Star of the week. Yeah. You should have known it was coming back to bite me. You, you pro- to Christian's point, you probably can. Um I don't know. I mean, one of his touchdowns, AJ Brown was just wide open. Um, but to to that point, I, like you said, he's got he's got at Indianapolis next week, at Oakland, and home for Houston. Those aren't terrible matchups, and that's probably something you want to at least try to exploit. Uh, number two on the week was uh, he unfortunately did it to Randy's dismay against the Raiders was Sam Darnold. Uh, 20 for 29, 315 yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for a touchdown. This is the third straight week that Darnold's been over 20 points. And we talked about it with the schedule that he had towards the end of the year. He was kind of on the same track as Mayfield where it was just really easy to want to throw him out there um, with good reason. You're looking at the next games he has is at Cincinnati, home for Miami, and then at Baltimore, but then home for Pittsburgh. So three out of those four matchups feel really you you would feel really good about starting starting Darnold. Yeah, I don't I don't know about the Pittsburgh matchup and the championship week. Um, that that would make me really nervous. That seems like a trap. Sam Darnold likes to throw picks here and there, and Steelers like to pick the ball off quite often. So I I don't know. I I mean the next two though, my God. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati, who gave up points to Duck Hodges, and Miami, who just gave up a ton of points to Baker Mayfield. Uh, moving on to number three, my quarterback start of the week, Jameis Winston. Look, it was basically what I said on our Thursday show, is you're going to put him in your lineup, you're going to shut your eyes, expect turnovers, but at the end of the day, he's going to end up somewhere around there, and he did. I mean, uh, 18 for 28, 313 yards two picks, three touchdowns. He could be the second player in history to lead the league in touchdown passes and interceptions. Um, and it's, it's, this is just who Jameis Winston is. And for fantasy, you don't care because he throws touchdowns. Yeah. One of them to a defensive lineman. <laughs> yeah. And, and he could lead the league in touchdowns and lose his job in the same year. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Who, like if you guys had to pick, where is he going to be next year? Because there is no way in hell he's he's Bruce Arians' quarterback next season. Are you sure? I just don't think there's like I think there's a chance. I just don't see how Bruce Arians wants to deal with this dude again. Yeah, but who are they gonna go get? Yeah, man? that's my thing. Like they're gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be Herbert, or you get Tua, and then you're waiting anyways. So why wouldn't it be? I mean, I feel like you just ride out Winston's contract here at this point. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think I thought Winston's a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, let me confirm. He came in with Mariota. Is Mariota a free agent? I, I mean, old? it's a first. I mean, it's a rookie first rounder, so up to five years. Please so, hold. yeah, keep holding. <laughs> yeah, he, this is his last season. He's an he's a uh, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2020. Mm. That I mean that, and that's why I brought that up is because I don't see a scenario where they want to that Bruce Arians and and that team wants to pay Winston a bunch of money to bring him back. I, I don't think, I don't you're think you're going to need to pay a bunch of money. Yeah, though. I don't think yeah. you have to get a going to have to pay like they just paid Goff for some reason. Like, but yeah. I say that and or Dak and Matthew money. Stafford. Matthew yeah. Stafford got like the largest quarterback uh, contract back when he 
signed his. And he and, was pretty similar to Jameis. I mean, he threw a lot of picks early on in his career. But yeah, yeah that's, that's because he was throwing into quadruple coverage to Megatron. He just didn't right. know what else to do. <laughs> he was just throwing it to him like, ah, well, he'll probably get it. That's probably but Anyway, true. reeling it back in. Uh, 26 fantasy points this week. Uh, he's at Jacksonville, who just got torched by Ryan Tannehill, home for Indianapolis. You can probably play him in both of those matchups again. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number four, this this just makes me laugh. Uh, it's it's Ryan it's Ryan Fitzpatrick against Cleveland. Obviously, one of his touchdowns towards the end of the game was in garbage time. Uh, twenty one for thirty nine, two hundred fourteen yards, two touchdowns, two picks, both to our boy Joe Sherbert. Sherbert. Uh, he also added in forty five rushing yards and a score. This is probably what Tannehill can give you too is because they're going to be trailing in every game and they're going to need to put up points to come back. So he's going to throw the ball a ton. Yeah. But do you expect him to rush for 45 yards and a touchdown every game? Like do turn what 37 yesterday, uh, a, a touchdown, a touchdown on the ground. Isn't out of the question for him. Fair. I mean, he has three, he has three this year, but I, I see your point, but next week he gets Philly at home. Yeah. Well, Philly's defense didn't look that bad this week, but it, yeah, I don't they're know. getting healthier. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, moving on here, number five on the week was Baker Mayfield. Christian had him as his uh, quarterback one going in, um, and with good reason. Baker had Baker went twenty four for thirty four, three hundred twenty seven, three touchdowns and a pick, and. Mayfield is starting to look like the guy towards the second half of last season. Um, he's he's they're running a lot of RPO for him. He's getting the ball out quick, and Landry and Beckham are both starting to come into it. And uh, he gets Pittsburgh on the road, who he did put up uh, 193 yards and two touchdowns against on last Thursday night. Then he gets Cincinnati at home, which is a dream matchup for uh, Baker Mayfield owners. Yep, and then. Follows that up with Arizona. Mm-hmm. I really like his outlook the next three weeks. And, of course, in the fantasy championship, he gets Baltimore. So you've got, a, you've got a little bit of a rental. I don't necessarily – I mean, he he played well against them before. Yeah, and it could be a game where they're down too. True. They. I mean, they could be – you're right. They could be a game where they have to throw to, to try to get back into it. Um but he, I think he, I think at least the next couple of weeks, you can probably start him with confidence as a maybe a back end QB one for the Steelers matchup, and then a top five guy against Cincinnati and Arizona. Yeah. Yep. All right. Number six on the week was Drew Brees, thirty for thirty nine, three hundred eleven yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Really, the first uh, well known guy of the of this group who you expect to be in here. Uh, Brees has now had uh, over twenty points in consecutive weeks. And he gets Atlanta next week, who Jameis Winston just put up a top four fantasy day on. So, I mean, Drew Brees is Drew Brees. You're going to start him every week. Yep. yep. It's, it's Drew Brees. That's all we got to say on that one. No analysis necessary. Now yeah. the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christian, how do you feel about Kyle Allen being God. seventh this week? <sighs> on the road in New Orleans. I was one week late. <laughs> Yes, you were. Thank you. You're, you're <laughs> yes. darn right. You're darn right. Kyle Allen, thir- 23 for 36, 256 yards, three touchdowns. This, nobody, nobody expected this. On the road, a New Orleans defense that was really playing well, and Allen comes out and puts up the seven most fantasy points. So now you're you're looking at a top seven of Tannehill, Darnold, Winston, Fitzpatrick, Mayfield, Breeze, and Kyle Allen. Like, <laughs> Who would have thought that those names would appear here at the end of the week? Just uh, keep on rolling. Yeah, eight, it man. only gets worse, man. <laughs> <laughs> number eight is Christian's favorite quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, 25 for 41. He still had 16 incompletions. 278 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. But he rushed for 18 yards and a touchdown. This, I mean, this just shows. Uh, this just shows the rushing floor for some of these quarterbacks. If you can find the end zone on the ground, it cha- better. You have a much better chance to finish top 10, which both, all these guys pretty much did. Um, Let me really quick put a disclaimer out. I told Randy that Trubisky was a good start this week, and he said, you'll have to do a lot of convincing. And I said, eh, I don't want him that bad. Yeah, and, and, the, and the guy I picked finished too, so shut the heck up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got it. <laughs> no, I mean, 
it's it was I I didn't like I, I was at the Browns game obviously so I didn't get a chance to watch all these but it seemed like him and Allen Robinson started to to get on the same page um, kind of late in the first half and into the second half which obviously helped him. Uh, moving on to number nine, Josh Allen was able to sneak into the top ten. Um, 15 for 25 with only 185 yards, but did throw two touchdowns and added 56 yards on the ground. This tends to be what you're going to get with Josh Allen. Not a lot of passing yards, but if he can find the end zone a couple times, he's going to be up there. And then obviously he has the rushing floor. Uh, yeah. It's the kind of a similarity to a guy like Kyler Murray, but um, it was a tough matchup and he still found his way in. Uh, I don't know if that says more about Josh Allen or if it says more about the bad rest of the quarterbacks that played this week. I, I I like it as like a Josh Allen owner where he didn't actually get one of his rushing touchdowns this week and he's still top 10. Yeah. I mean, it, if he did, he would have been fourth. I mean, <laughs> with yeah. how broken that system is, but that's so, I mean, he still had his normal day. Just didn't get, he has like eight or nine rushing touchdowns this year, which is ridiculous, but I'm sure well, he's going to get two more. So, well, well, what kind of scares me is the next two weeks he goes on the road to Dallas and then he's at home against Baltimore. Like those aren't great matchups for someone that you want to be your anchor getting like into the fantasy playoffs. I mean, I agree, but you're not expecting for more than like 200 passing yards. True. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess mean, I guess your expectations are different with um, Allen versus other quarterbacks where you're like you said, you're not expecting a ton of yards, but if, if he can find 40 to 50 rushing yards, then then you feel much better about it. Yeah. Rounding out the top 10 was Thursday night to Sean Watson, 19 for 30, 298 yards and two touchdowns did add in an interception, but then had 10 yards on the ground. It's the Texans offense right now is weird. Like, I, I don't know what it's just they're not hitting on all cylinders like they look to be early in the year. Um, I don't know. How do you guys feel? What are your guys' opinion on Watson? Is he still a top-end quarterback? Yeah. At least for this season? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean he's, he's quarterback four on the year. He has been a little bit more up and down than we're used to, and I would go as far to uh, – I would probably call him a bust just because of where he was drafted. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people – for those that didn't want to take Mahomes in the first or second round, uh, a lot of people were targeting Watson late third, early fourth. Yep. Which I I say that he's a bust just for where you drafted him. Like you're still happy if Deshaun Watson is your quarterback. You're not yeah. like, oh dang it, I drafted Deshaun Watson. No, like you're you're still starting him every single week despite bad matchups. Like, yeah, coming up the only issue is he hasn't had over 20 points uh, fantasy-wise since week eight against Oakland. I mean, he obviously had the bye week 10, but he put up three against Baltimore, 19 against Jacksonville, and then 18 against Indianapolis. Uh, and then before that, 17 at Indianapolis. So you're like you said, you're not getting the 24, 25-point games. And I, I think a lot of it is to the fact that he's not doing a at least the last couple of weeks, he hasn't done a ton on the ground. Yeah. If he's gonna stay more healthy, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, and I, I think do find I do find it kind of funny if we just like randomly read off this list and didn't say this was an order, and we're saying, well, who do you think's gonna be off this list yeah. after tonight with Lamar Jackson being number one? <laughs> Nobody would be yeah. like, yes, yeah, definitely Watson. <laughs> They'd be yeah. like, Mr. Bisky, that guy, no way. <laughs> or Fitzpatrick or Tannehill. I know. My I, God. That's what I mean. Like. <laughs> Watson's yeah, off this list and this is such an odd this is such an odd quarterback week to say the least but anyway let's move on to running backs uh the top guy this week with 36 fantasy points Leonard Fournette 24 carries for 97 yards and two touchdowns had nine receptions for 62 yards on 12 targets the, t- the targets are the thing that I feel the best about being a Fournette owner um because I mean, you're talking 36. You're talking uh, 30 touches and 36 looks. Like that's that that's a ridiculous. That's like that's Christian McCaffrey numbers. Yeah, I I loved. I made the show doc and I wrote massive nine receptions and then didn't think anything of it when I wrote nine receptions for McCaffrey. 
I just now noticed that. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, of course, McCaffrey, nine yeah. receptions. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and Fournette's upcoming schedule, he has Tampa Bay, which obviously is a very good rush defense. Then he gets the Chargers, and then he's at Oakland. But I still think if you have Fournette, you're starting him every week. Yeah. Yeah. You have you to. Did, unless you're in a four team league. Shout yeah. out to the people in four team leagues. Well, with, I mean, if you're 14 team league, you, you have to start anyone you have. What do you mean? Like, no, you don't four, have four teams. He, he said four, oh, four teams. Team? Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, like, it, it's a broken record given his name in the top two here. Uh, 22 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. Also added in nine catches for 69 yards. Nice. And a touchdown. Um, <laughs> the dude, the dude's just a robot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is, he should be in the MVP conversation. I know he's not because it's become the quarterback award. Just like the uh, Heisman. Yep. Just yeah. like the Heisman. It, that might change this year, but let's not get down that rabbit hole. Um, that McCaffrey is just amazing. I think Saquon's probably the biggest bust because people passed on McCaffrey to get Saquon. At, you at could Bayern. argue, you could argue that he's been the most value running back in the league when or in fair fantasy because people got him second, third overall. Oh, hundred percent. I think he'd be a value at number one. I think Field Yates yeah. tweeted that out. Yeah, uh, that even if you drafted him number one, you got value for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and I, he's he's got to be the number one overall pick next year. Oh, oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I know that Dalvin Cook has given a little bit of a run for that, but it's like you just can't pass up on on the uh, receiving floor. Keep um, an eye out for this next guy, though. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, Derrick Henry, 27, 27 fantasy points, 19 carries for 159 yards and two touchdowns. Both touchdowns came within 15 seconds of each other. Um, the He scored. The Jaguars fumbled the opening kickoff, and then Henry ran in the first play for a touchdown. So that's real. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, and then he added one catch for 16. There's not much to say. Like the entire Tennessee offense just did whatever they wanted to Jacksonville. Um, and, and I mean, Henry's been up here for a couple weeks in a row now. So. Uh, the only thing to say is that he's averaging 8.3 yards per carry since you guys started trashing him for his low yards per carry. He's actually been over four his last five games. I mean, he had led, he had 1.9 yards per carry against Denver. I'd say so Randy and I'd say four. that was I'd say Randy and I saying that was kind of warranted. That's okay. I mean, he's cemented in the top 12 now. I'm sorry. Probably. Um, I, think, I think it needs one more top 10 week to be cemented, but yeah, he, I, the people behind him are pretty far behind him now, but it's okay. We'll talk about that week 16. That's when we'll talk about it. Yeah, if, if I don't quit this first. <laughs> Just number <laughs> four talks to you again. Don't want me slapped. <laughs> number four on the week was Nick Chubb. Um, 21 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown. Added three catches for 58. I I mean I I saw this live. He looked really good, um, and especially out of the passing game, there was a wheel route that they ran to him early in the game where Mayfield made a really good pass, but Chubb just kind of lowered his head and just went. I, he took the ball for 15 yards, added on another five to ten, just lowering his shoulder. The dude's the dude's just a beast. Yep. Yeah. Gets Pittsburgh this upcoming week and then Cincinnati and Arizona. So tackling on to what we talked about with Mayfield is those are really, really juicy matchups. Number five, and I think this is what kind of surprised everyone. Uh, Thursday night was Jonathan Williams. 26 carries for 104 yards and the touchdown. Had three catches for 17. A lot of people were wondering going into the week if it was going to be Williams or if it was going to be Jordan Wilkins who was active after being out the week before or if Naeem Hines was going to get some run because uh, people thought that they might be trailing. But Frank Reich said, screw all you guys. I'm giving the ball to Williams a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, that's quite literally a week-winning start if you put him in your lineup. I know a guy in our Dynasty League uh, did that, and he beat the one of the top two teams in the league 
um, this week out of nowhere. And that's just because he had no other running backs to start and he took a chance. Like, good for you. In Dynasty, it's a little more warranted, but I mean, weak winner. Love yeah. it. No, absolutely. Sean would have loved him this week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb Balage. All right. People. I don't even know why he's on your roster. <laughs> There's nobody else. Moving on to number six, uh, Alvin Kamara, nine, uh, 11 carries for 54 yards, uh, and then added nine catches for 48. 19 fantasy points and this like we talked about we've talked about it a couple times now this is his floor he's going to catch a lot of passes and he's probably going to end up in the top 10 just based on that alone yep yeah i'll tell you what though that production came way later than i would have liked i had him in some dfs lineups and i was uh, sweating i ended up winning some money but man like he i think he had three catches on their final drive or something crazy like that so i mean yeah, and and I mean, and they needed they needed every bit of it down the stretch there. This this that was a really it, it ended up being a really good game. Yeah. Um, moving on, how about this one? Rashad Penny coming in at number seven, fourteen carries for one hundred twenty nine yards and a touchdown, nine point two yards per carry, eighteen fantasy points. He looked really really good, and Chris Carson looked really really the opposite of good, fumbling on consecutive snaps. It's bad, the word you're looking for. Yeah, it, that, that's very true. And it, it's so weird. Go like, ahead, Randy. Car- Carson's had such a good year that you're like, wow, he's just a lock for this job forever. And then he's fumbled so much, you're like, why does he have this job? I don't know what the heck to do with him anymore. What's crazy, though, is I think I read today that Penny was out snapping Carson beforehand. So yeah. I assume that Carson was doing this shit all week in practice. And that's why Penny got the run. And I mean, he earned some time as someone who freaking loves Chris Carson. I am not happy with this at all. I am very mad at Rashad Penny for being good at football. Yeah. And, and we've seen this before. Uh, Carson's ball security is an issue. And with a guy with a first round pick, like Rashad Penny waiting behind him, who, who is healthy now, you don't feel as good as you did about Carson, even three weeks ago. I mean, I, I get it. He's still top five in touches, but you have to think that Penny's going to start to cut into it. Yeah. Moving on to number eight, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 21 carries for 86 yards, added four catches for 40. I know that stat line doesn't jump out at you, but in a game where they scored nine points, you'll, you're okay with this as an Elliott owner because they made an effort to get in the ball. And part of that was because the weather was bad, but um, – a lot of people drafted Zeke top five and it, it hasn't been great, but I, I think he, he's starting to get back into the top 10 range. And obviously if he finds the end zone, then we're not even having this conversation. He's, he's top five and it's, it's a great week for him. Yep. Yeah. The, the one thing though, the Cowboys are, are frauds and <laughs> them being bad against good teams is not good for Zeke. I, 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 I'm glad he got involved in the passing game, but four catches isn't really what I'm looking for. And for a guy that was drafted top three, listen, man, he, some people, he, some people were taking him over, over Kamara, and uh, like right in on tier with Barkley. Yeah, in, it, in that game, you're kind of lucky to have four catches. You're lucky to have anything. That was nasty. Yeah, that was terrible weather. Patriots controlled the tempo. Um, like I said, the Cowboys scored their lowest point total of the season. Uh, moving on here, uh, number nine is Le'Veon Bell. 12 carries for only 49 yards, but did add in five catches for 59. A little bit disappointing given the fact that the Jets pretty much manhandled the Raiders, but you'll take the passing work, and that's Bell brings that to you on a weekly basis. Um, I think he could finish top 10 every week just because he's going to get a ton of touches still yeah i i will say powell was in the game a ton like i heard his name more than bell it seemed like so lev bell's snap count the last three weeks 74 percent, 55 percent, 57 percent. out of someone who's supposed to be a bell cow no pun intended that is not what you're looking for yeah i know um also he hasn't broken the 100 yard plane once this year and i mean the raiders weren't the best matchup to do that in but 
man, like uh, you'd hope he can do it against Cincinnati or Miami in the next two weeks. <laughs> I would True. assume so, but uh, who knows? Right. This was this wasn't a great week for running backs. Obviously, uh, pending the the Monday night game, but um, I mean, Bell had fifteen point eight. Ronald Jones rounded out the top ten with fifteen point seven. Um, so there wasn't a ton of production that way. Obviously, the top couple guys, but uh, Ronald Jones had twelve carries for fifty one yards. Did find the end zone. Added three catches for sixteen. It's I, I still find it hard to trust the Tampa Bay backfield. Mm, yeah, I think the trend is still toward Ronald Jones, but I think that he's going to be the backup next year. So <clears throat> I don't think there's anywhere you're really targeting Ronald Jones um, to, towards the end of this year. Like Dynasty, I'm leaving him alone. Um, and then <clears throat> just uh, a season long, I mean, he doesn't have great matchups moving forward. Uh, maybe Detroit in week 15, but that's about it. Yeah. All right. You guys got anything to add for the running backs? Yeah. I need 30 points out of Mark Ingram tonight. Just want to give a shout out to Mark Ingram. <clears throat> he's going to, he's going to get yeah. roughly. We're sure you're listening. 11. Mark. So yes, yeah. it's going right. to be about 14 carries for about 58 yards. So I hope that's good with you. Six touchdowns. <laughs> Not a chance. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to wide receivers and, a guy that we constantly talk about on here, he, he's a mainstay now. It's um, it's Michael Thomas, or I'm sorry, it's Chris. <laughs> I got that clip. No, I I was looking at the wrong thing on my uh, on my little stats here. But uh, Chris, Chris Godwin, seven catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. Um, one of those touchdowns I saw came very early in that game on a ridic- kind of a ridiculous catch by him. It wasn't a great throw by Winston. And Godwin just kind of went down, held onto the ball, and then just turned on the Jets. Um, I mean, he's he's wide receiver two in PPR this year. And a lot of people got him third, fourth round. And Mike Evans took a backseat again. I don't know if I'm worried as a Mike Evans owner. Dude. Or he's the wide receiver three. You can't be worried about Mike Evans. Yeah. It, isn't it insane that Jameis Winston is supporting the wide receiver two and wide receiver three in fantasy football this year? That yes, it, it, it very much. Very He's much. also supporting quarterback cornerbacks on opposite teams and safeties and linebackers, and even and defense, defensive linebackers. coordinators. Yep, essentially. Moving on, uh, Jarvis Landry revenge game, gentlemen. Ten catches for 148 yards and two touchdowns, 36 fantasy points. The dude just looked unstoppable. Um, just. Mayfield could do anything he wanted to that uh, Miami secondary, and and Land- it seemed like Landry was open every single play. Plus, the dude has some of the best hands in the league too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he always has. Uh, I- I'm glad he's finally breaking out. I don't know. I, I wasn't listening to anything that you said, but he <laughs> is uh, wide receiver 13 on the season, which I think is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I was looking up stats. Trying okay. to do my job. While yeah, we're not, <laughs> hey, oh. we're going to keep pounding on it is that you can you can start playing these Browns with confidence. Chubb, Mayfield, Hunt, Landry, Beckham, just because of their upcoming schedule. Him and Landry looked just in sync on Sunday. Yep. It was beautiful to watch. It, it's, it's, and, you can, and you can tell that they absolutely love playing together. Which I think I think definitely plays a role. Um, how about how about number three on the week? DJ Moore, six catches for 126 yards, and he finally finds the end zone twice. Uh, also added in an eight-yard rush, 31 fantasy points. Um, he's now topped nine plus targets in in all but three games this year, and this is with the backup quarterback. I'll tell you what. I saw someone on fantasy Twitter was saying that out of the second year wide receivers, he's getting all the hype, but maybe he shouldn't be. And he was citing DJ Chark's numbers and someone else's numbers. I don't remember Calvin Ridley, maybe. And throw that out the window. Like DJ Moore is someone that you should definitely target in dynasty. He's someone that you should 
draft very, very early next year. I mean, the dude's been doing this with an undrafted free agent quarterback. It's yeah, a- I don't I don't think we talk enough about how he's been able to sustain this production when his when his quarterback went down week two. Yeah, I think he's top he, he might be a top five receiver next year. Yeah. No, I mean if, if Cam's back and at full strength or if <clears throat> or if 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 they do move on and they go get somebody else, absolutely. Um number four on the week, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, six catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns. I, I don't think the Colts really game plan. It didn't seem like the Colts really game plan to guard him at all, especially on that first touchdown, seeing that he was open by 15 yards. The dude's just outstanding. I don't know how you can lose a guy like that in coverage twice. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just really fast. They didn't he just see gave him. up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he like, you're just if you have him. I mean, he was a top five, top seven pick. He's starting to he's starting to show why. He had a couple weeks, um, kind of in the middle of the season where you were disappointed with his production. But as obviously as Watson goes, so does Hopkins. Uh, number six, number five on the week, uh, Michael Thomas. Like I, I, I feel like a broken record talking about him. Also, ten catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. He's leading the league in receptions. The dude is just probably the best all-around receiver in the league. I would argue that he is the best fantasy player, uh, even over McCaffrey. Um, Wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of disappointed I don't have Thomas in more leagues because he's in every week top five wide receiver one that you don't even have to worry about looking at the Saints stats. He was doing it with Bridgewater. He does it with Breeze. It, it's just, he's just bonkers. Yeah, I agree. Number six on the week was my wide receiver start of the week, Allen Robinson. Six catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. Like I, I know it's been tough to realize it with Trubisky, but Allen Robinson is just a really good receiver. Yeah, like he's just really talented. Well, like he he showed it before the ACL injury in Jacksonville, and he's showing it this year. Yeah, who was his quarterback in Jacksonville too? Blake Bortles. Yeah. Would you take Blake Bortles or Mitch Trubisky Blake to start Bortles for a heartbeat? <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'd take Blake Bortles. His contract's a lot cheaper. No, I'm saying to start a franchise. So, kind of contracts out. Uh, I'd quit my job. If which, I had one's, <laughs> which one's more injury prone so I have a backup? <laughs> True. Probably Trubisky. Uh, next couple matchups for Robinson at Detroit, home for Dallas at Green Bay. So those aren't matchups that really scare you away too much. Um, so I, I still, you can start Robinson as a top end wide receiver too. Still, um, number seven, AJ Brown, and this is where this is the kind of game script that AJ Brown is going to find himself within the top ten. He only had four catches, but 135 yards of the touchdown. He only had five targets. Yeah, he's the definition of a big play threat. I mean. And- from this game, it's uh, I think probably over a thirty percent target share. So I guess you can't really be that mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With just five targets. He's another guy that I'd look to draft high next year. Um, I think especially, he's especially if Tannehill comes back. Well, and he's only going to get better. I mean, if, he's if, if Mariota's the guy next year. For the love of God, stay away. Oh, Mariota is not the guy. They'll draft a fifth rounder. And throw him out there before they throw Mariota out. <laughs> Can I interest wow. you in Brian Hoyer? Gross. No. No. Number, no. number eight this week, Calvin Ridley. Six catches for 85 yards and a touchdown on 14 targets. Um, 22 fancy points. We thought everybody thought that Julio was just going to feast on the Tampa Bay secondary. He got hurt. It just wasn't happening. And Ridley was pretty much the beneficiary of it, but I'm pretty sure Ridley's touchdown came in the fourth quarter when the game was already out of reach. Hey, really so, quick, man. Um, you're really quick to note your starts of the week, but let's just <laughs> know. Well, you guys got to chime in. I remember mine. I don't remember your guys. Yeah, Calvin Ridley was my start of the week. I expected okay. this. Even if, well, even if Julio had a big game, I think Ridley was going to be able to do this. Well, because that, that Tampa Bay secondary was too, was too hard to pass up, but 
I mean, one of them did, and but Matt Ryan was awful. Yeah, he and that's what's weird. Yeah. Week twelve was weird, man. And it was weird. There's no reason that Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage was probably just he was probably a top twenty receiver. I don't know that for sure, but yeah, seven for seventy four, I believe. Yeah, he yeah, was the that's probably like fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So it, with Matt Ryan being such ass, it. Kind of, kind That's of Ryan, such ass. Eight for seven, eight for seventy-six. I apologize, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. Ryan is like the hardest guy to figure out when it comes to fantasy for quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't looked like himself this year. Normally, he's thrown for four hundred yards, like it's backyard. But yeah. number nine on the week was Will Fuller. A lot of production out of that Thursday night game when it comes to the top 10, which says a lot about week 12 in itself. Um, Will Fuller, seven catches for 140 yards on 11 targets. Did you guys see that he did catch a ball and started pulling at his hamstring, but he came back into the game? Yeah, I, yep. I talked about it with Christian off off recording that I, I said that I don't want to trust starting Will Fuller because I think there the potential for the injury is there. And it was like, I wasn't wrong about that part of it. I was wrong about the production of Fuller. He, he definitely looked good, but like you almost put him in your lineup and you just pray to the heavens that nothing happens to him. He's like the Jameis Winston of wide receivers. Um, and that you have to, for different reasons. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You have to, guys, though. Exactly. And rounding out the top 10 is Odell Beckham finds the end zone for the second time this year, six for 84 and a touchdown. The, it was a great route to score his touchdown. It was a great, great play call, great throw. It was just all around really good. And the Browns are, seems like they're taking a step forward. And I, I still think Beckham can put up top 10 production every week. I don't know if him and Landry both can, but I think at least one of them will. Yeah, I, I, Probably put my money on Landry doing that just because he sustained that for so long. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Beckham's looked better. He caught that touchdown, which was a great throw. I mean, yep. it looks like they're connecting a little bit more, which is great for, for and, and, and Kitchens is starting to call more plays where he's the primary option. Man, what a even, revelation. Even up 28 in the fourth quarter, he's doing that. So, yeah. Hey, hey man. Oh well, I was gonna say my only worry for Landry is if uh, Joku indeed does come back shortly, maybe that takes away some of his targets. It'll but... take away somebody. Yeah, there's no guarantee on who, just because we haven't seen that entire lineup yet. Yeah, with... it doesn't really matter because Chubb... Joku will drop it anyways, but it's fine. <laughs> but with Chubb and Hunt and Beckham and Joku and uh, Landry and Higgins, we've we haven't seen all of the Brown starters out there together, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how the touches are distributed. So that'll that that's the top ten for receivers. And anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> no, but, but let's touch on let's touch on tight ends and just just be sad. Um, so number one on the week was Zach Ertz, uh, twelve catches for ninety-one yards and a touchdown. Had fourteen targets because who else is going to get targets with no Deshaun Jackson, no Alshon Jeffrey, no Nelson Aguilar, uh, no Jordan Howard. Um, and so him and we were hopeful that him and Dallas Goddard, Goddard both could have a good game. Goddard did finish in the top 10 or he just fell out of the top 10 just slightly, but, um, er, Thanks but to Nick O'Leary. Yeah. But, um, Ertz is a guy that pe- a lot of people were worried about going into the air, like as the year progressed, but he's the number two tight end of PPR. He's had a really good, uh, few weeks in a row. And then he gets Miami next week, the giants and Washington. Like, that is one of the best matchups that you want to exploit, especially for a tight end. Sean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm pretty sure I could have cracked the top ten in tight ends this week. Granted, like I get what you're saying about Ertz. Like he, I, Ertz I is disagree. at a level. Well, I also disagree. <laughs> I disagree, <laughs> <Probably>, dude. <laughs> but um, yes, yes, Christian, we all know what you're saying. But Ertz and Kittle and a few other guys are in this upper echelon, and then there's just dog shit, absolute dog shit. Sorry. Nick O'Leary and Logan Thomas. Yeah, dude, George Kittle is just, he's just a freak. Six catches for 129 yards and a touchdown. Hey, 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 Green Bay, you might want to cover him over the middle of the field. Yeah. Luckily, they don't have to the rest of the year. 
Yeah, I, I think the real stories of the tight ends is Jared Cook has looked really consistent. There is no Darren Waller in this top 10. And Caden Smith's in Sorry. here, which just reinforces that Evan Ingram's a top five tight end in my book. Like, what are you what guys that. doing with your Darren Wallers? Do you have shares? <sighs> yes, I have one share, and I'm just going to keep playing them. Like, there's nothing I have, you can do. I have, I have a decent amount, and I'm just kind of praying that the Raiders aren't going to score three points. I mean, Derek Carr got benched for Mike Lennon in that game. Yeah. Who, who proceeded to fumble, like, yeah. two of his first three snaps or something like that. Well, um, they couldn't see the ball. His neck was still trying to look down. It was too hard to. <laughs> All right, slender man, dude. Oh. <laughs> All right, yeah, so and Eric Ebron's on here, which will just be Jack Doyle next week because Eric Ebron's gone. All right, I'm going to I'm going to talk about Jared Cook a little bit. Six catches for 99 and a touchdown. He had a good game. He's still very talented, even though I don't like him. But here are the names of the rest of the top ten: Caden Smith, Mike Gesicki, my start of the Logan week, Thomas, Ryan Griffin, my start of the week. week. Greg Olson, Eric Ebron, who now has to have surgery on both of his ankles, and Nick O'Leary. Like, there's not even, there's nothing more to talk about. Did you just say both of his ankles? I guess he gets, yes, he has to get surgery on both ankles. I definitely thought it was only one ankle. That no, sucks. Cold, yeah. that's, that's just depressing to think about. Do you think they'll let him out there in a wheelchair? He'd like probably still catch around. a touchdown. I'm not going to freaking lie to you. Well, he'd be a top 10 tight end in a wheelchair. Probably. <laughs> no oh rushing yards. Do, do they count wheeling yards? I don't know if that will actually work. <laughs> oh, they really need to be more inclusive. What, what just happened? Uh, don't, this is just... I don't this know, is man. Mainly I, I, just me and Christian. That's, that's I, just us as people right there. Yeah, we're opening up. I haven't had dinner, so... Yeah. Uh, Hunger is driving me crazy, I guess. <laughs> All right, so a couple guys off the top of my head I want to talk about disappointment-wise. Amari Cooper, zero. <laughs> like, I, 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 I was worried about it going into the week. I knew that he was going to be trying to – they were going to try to take him out of the game with Stephon Gilmore. But, like, that's just – there's nothing really to say. It's just really depressing. Uh, I, I think the only thing to say is we are sorry for – the recommendation. Uh, it was it was I that tweeted out that you should start Amari over Michael Gallup. Yeah. Uh, um, it would not have been me. I I I get the premise behind starting Gallup over Amari Cooper has the tough matchup with Gilmore. However, it's Amari Cooper, man. Like yeah. if you lose with Amari Cooper sitting on your bench in favor yeah, of right. Michael Gallup, who easily could have been shut down. I don't know. It's yeah. it's Dak. It's not like. It's not like Brady or Rogers that are just going to force it to their top guy because he's amazing. Dak isn't that he's going to do what's open, and that's what he should do. That's his skill set. Yeah. Uh, a couple other guys that disappointed: Julio Jones, five catches for sixty-eight yards. Like I said, he did leave the game with a shoulder injury. Uh, didn't play a little bit in the fourth quarter, but did come back. A name to keep an eye on this week: uh, Joe Mixon, eighteen carries for only seventy-nine yards. Um, I. I've, I was wrong where I, I thought that the um, Bengals were going to force feed him the ball again, and it didn't. It really didn't happen. Um, and David Montgomery, yeah, yeah, he, he was extremely yeah. disappointing in a game that the Bears' offense actually didn't look that bad. I don't know, like I don't have any shares of him, but I don't know what people are doing with him either. Is he even a flex? It's yeah. really tough. It's really tough to trust rookie running backs. I think this is why I questioned your start of the week there. That's what I was like. I don't know. Not that yeah. mine did much better, so it's okay. How about how about Aaron Jones? Thirteen <laughs> carries for thirty-eight yards and no work in the passing game, man. Yep, that's not good. That whole that whole uh, Green Bay offense just just looked like garbage against San Francisco. Yeah. And you can almost throw it out because that's such a good defense, and Aaron Rodgers was not comfortable, but. I mean, the running back targets went to Jamal Williams. That sucks. Yeah. No, I mean, it, that that that's the noise it made me do. Josh Gordon, one catch. Josh Gordon, one catch for 10 yards. Um, that's disappointing. Um, a lot of people thought that he was going to start to kind of gain a rapport a little bit more with uh, Russell Wilson. That rapport didn't more? Yep. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> Um, who, you guys got anybody else that you want to talk about? 
I'll continue talking about Josh Gordon. He freaking sucks, man. What the he's hell? Just, he's not, he's oh. not good anymore. It's almost like the Patriots did what they always do. When they know someone's not good yeah. anymore, they get rid of him. Someone else signs him, and this is what happens. Do you think he's going to Jamie Collins his way back onto the Patriots, though, and then be a star again? No. No. I, I, I don't see – I don't see Gordon having a successful career anymore. I, I really don't. Because I mean he's one he's one drug he's one failed drug test away from being done forever. Uh I don't think that's gonna happen. I just think he doesn't really give a shit about football. Yeah. And, he, like and he's and not now, very thankful for and we, being granted and, and being granted another opportunity. Sorry. And I, it is true that he could be fighting there there could be demons that he's fighting that we don't even know about, but I mean we're talking about fantasy football. And strictly from a fantasy perspective, I don't see any point in rostering him the rest of the year because I don't I don't see this getting any better. No, uh, one, yeah, I, I didn't think they were going to completely stop using DK Metcalf, which is the exact same role when he's performed this year and he's your guy for the future. Where Gordon right. isn't. One last guy I want to talk about: Tyler Lockett, one catch for thirty-eight yards on two targets. Yep, against Philly. That's disappointing. I think just an overall Russell Wilson was disappointing. Yep. That whole game was disappointing. <laughs> yeah. It, it, man, I, I feel I feel bad for Carson Wentz. That sucks having to go into the game with those guys. I mean, he was he was playing he was throwing to some dude named Greg Ward. Did you see that Jordan Matthews was waived today? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So he must be really bad. Yeah. My yes. Goodness. All right. Anyway, we can digress here all night long, but let's take a break. When we get back, we'll talk about the three Thanksgiving games. We'll give a little bit of a preview for them. Welcome back to The Cut. We're going to give a little bit of a Thanksgiving preview for the three games that are on the docket. First one we'll take a look at is the 1230 game, uh, the Chicago Bears on the road at the Detroit Lions. Christian's not a big fan of this game. I'm not a big fan of this game either. We're We're going to be watching Trubisky against Jeff Driscoll. Um, a national television, which almost feels like it should be illegal. Um, the weapons I'm looking at here is who do you guys, who would you guys rather start between Allen Robinson, Marvin Jones, or Kenny Galladay? Rank those three for me. Mm, I would have to go Allen. Nope. I guess the matchup with Slay is tough, but I don't know, man. I, I think we talked about it last week. I don't like choosing between Marvin and Galladay. I guess that the the trend is towards Marvin Jones right now with Driscoll, which sucks. Um, I don't know, man. I don't really want to start any of them. I'll start all three you're of gonna them. Have, you're going to have to start one of them. I guarantee somebody is going to have to start one of these guys. And yeah. I guess it. I guess it'd be more comfortable with Marvin. And he's like the least talented of the three, and that's not saying. Yeah, I mean, the last not talented, but the last three games for Kenny Galladay, he's combined for eight catches for just over 140 yards and one touchdown. Season long, he only has 30 something catches. I don't know that that exact number, but yeah, he, I mean, he is he is still wide receiver 16 in PPR. Um, he's he's a wide receiver too, but obviously not to the point where. You and I especially thought that he would be. I mean, we were we were big into we were big on Galladay this year. You traded for him in Dynasty. We thought that this was the year. And I get it. A lot of it was Stafford going out because he was having success with Stafford. But I mean, it is what it is. I would probably say I would start Robinson, Galladay, and Marvin Jones as my third because I still think that Galladay has a bigger has a better chance to have a blow up game and. If I have Galladay, I don't want to have him on my bench because I think another breakout game is coming, and I don't I don't want to have those points on my bench. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, kind of, man. As someone who has to put him in the lineup, like you're, of course, starting Kenny Galladay. You're starting Allen Robinson um, in almost every matchup, but it seems like Marvin Jones might be the guy that ends up finishing higher than those two and that's a weird dynamic man and in this game are you flex are either of you flexing any of Tariq Cohen David Montgomery Bo Scarborough or Ty Johnson 
So the only one I would consider would be David Montgomery. No, nope. you're all right there, buddy. Just a little yawn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My, like Christian said, Montgomery is just so hit or miss this year, and mostly miss. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't. Well, I, the only way I could see maybe starting Cohen, if if you think that the Lions are going to get ahead and the Bears are going to have to throw, then obviously that's that's a positive game game script for Cohen. Yeah, and he's been good the last couple of weeks. Uh, I I guess I might throw him into the flex. I, All right, I, I, I'm doing it. Mitch Trubisky or Jeff Driscoll? Who finishes with a higher fan? Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll. Maybe. I'm going Driscoll. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come back on the show next week and say that I definitely <laughs> thought Mitchell Trubisky would be a top ten quarterback again. So I'll, I think Driscoll. Yeah, I agree. Driscoll at home. It, the only reason he was is because he had a rushing touchdown. I mean, let's be real here. Yeah, that's true. But the, both of those guys can do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, Trubisky's already shown it too. All right, let's move on before we all hate our lives even more. Um, 430 game is the Buffalo Bills on the road at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys looking to get back on track. Did you guys see that the Cowboys have not beaten a team with an above 500 record this season? That's going to continue. Yep. I, I think the Bills' defense is going to give the Cowboys problems. I think that Josh Allen is a quarterback unlike one that the Cowboys have really had to deal with this year in that he has extreme ability with his legs. I just I think the Bills are going to go into Dallas. They're going to beat the living crap out of – maybe not beat the living crap out of. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to destroy them in a 17-10 to 10 game. I, I think they're more going <laughs> to mentally destroy them, man. Jerry Jones is already going nuts and thinking about firing – Jason Garrett. There is no way Jason Garrett can continue to last if they're going to do this. Like, I feel like as football fans, people say it every year that they don't think Jason Garrett's going to come back. Then he ends up coming back. Yeah, because Jerry doesn't want to give him up without a guarantee from a guy he actually likes. Yeah. And I can't blame him there because Jason Garrett will get hired somewhere else. Are Prescott and Allen both QB1s this week? Uh, Fringe. Yes, fringe. I, I'll agree with that because it's the same. That both of these two could get a rushing touchdown too, and they can have crap days and still barely make it. So I can't say no. Yeah, how are we feeling about Devin Singletary? Twenty-one carries against Denver this week. Did top the hundred-yard mark for the first time this year on the ground. Um, didn't have much passing work, but uh, played seventy-one percent of snaps. Um, We've seen his snap count go up, uh, well, 68%, 66 67 74 71 So it does seem like he's on the field. Uh, he's getting on the field more. Uh, is he a running back two? No. Uh, three. Fle- flex at best. Yeah, he's, he's flex. Okay. But he's a flex I'm most likely going to play every week. That's where I right. kind of have him. Devin Singletary or Michael Gallup this week? Devin Singletary. Michael Gallup. Good Michael for you. Gallup. <laughs> Michael Gallup or John Brown? Michael Gallup. Oh, John Brown. John Brown or Amari Cooper? Amari John Cooper. Brown. Wow. Really? Yeah. Holy crap, really? Interesting. Hey, I just saw Gilmore just destroy this guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, some uh props yeah. to the other side of the ball here. Who do, all right, who do you guys think? So do you guys think the Bills go into Dallas and win? Yep. Yeah. What about yeah. the Bears in the first game? Do the Bears go into Detroit and win? No. Detroit. I'm going to Detroit. Okay. Jeff Driscoll. I'll go with I'll go with I'll go with the Bears. I think they go on the road and win. I think the the defense presents problems for Driscoll. And then I'll 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 say the Cowboys get the W at home. All right. Um, yeah. I think they're gonna I think Jones's words are gonna wake them up a little bit. All right, let's move on to the last game of the night on NBC. 820 start is the New Orleans Saints on the road at the Atlanta Falcons. This game you like from a fantasy perspective. Um, do you? Well, I, <laughs> I I personally do. I know Christian's kind of on the other end of it. Um, well, it's because well, the last time they played, it was awful for fantasy. True, but I don't know if I see that happening again. Yeah. I didn't I, see it happen the first time, so I, I don't really know what to say here. <laughs> yeah, the Falcon, but the Falcons had a decent three-game stretch um, defensively, and then and then they just got their doors blown off by Tampa Bay. 
yesterday. Yeah. I, so the only thing that, that makes me, I, I guess maybe this means it could be a shootout. It, it seems like the short weeks have given teams more problems on offense than they have defense. Um, I, I don't know if that reigns true this week. I mean, there have been a couple of high-scoring Thursday night games, but I kind of feel like this might be the week where the defenses are tired. I don't know. I'm. It doesn't matter. The Falcons are going to lose by a, a significant amount of points. <laughs> <laughs> a significant amount. <laughs> can you guys? Can are you guys feeling good about starting Russell Gage as a wide receiver three, especially this week? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I well, I gotta hear the Julio names first, I guess. Yeah, that's that's definitely and obviously an injury to keep an eye on. He didn't practice today, um, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that needs the practice to play. No. Yeah, he'll. He's still listed as probable. He'll play. Yeah, I, I think he will too. Age. I mean, it's it's just hard. Any of these Thursday guys that you're really questioning, it's hard because it seems like you're not going to get any middle ground. You're either going to have a you're going to be really happy you played him, or you're going to get burned. It's it always happens on Thursdays. That's why I hate those games yeah. for fantasy. Yeah, is is Ryan Hill a guy you can even think about starting anymore? No. Drop him and everything. Drop him in oh, dynasty. They did, and Dan Quinn did say he 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 expects Devontae Freeman to practice this week. So that's something to keep an eye on too. He won't. If, 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 I was going to say if Freeman is back, are you guys starting him? No, and he won't be. There's no chance he plays on a short week. I know he's been out, but why? When they have a longer break, they have no shot at the playoffs. Why would they bring back their running back that they have under contract until like 2022? On a, before a 10 day break, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yes, but we've oh. seen it countless times. So, I know, so man. I, I know it makes no sense, but I keep seeing it happen, so I don't know what to, what to say there. Yes, I mean, that's what happened with Drew Brees. Yep. <laughs> uh, any, any interest in Lat Murray? He did score a touchdown this week. Yeah, I actually, I mean, do. but. Again, what what was his stat line? Like five for fifty eight and then a touchdown, or like not five? Like, I think it was like seven for fifty eight or something. He had seven for sixty four and a touchdown and nothing through the air. Yeah. But, so, but without the touchdown, are you happy with that game? That's that's what Lat Murray is. He, if he gets a, a touchdown, that's such a hard thing to say because you did get the touchdown. I get what you're saying, but you did yeah, get the but, touchdown. But this is the thing is. Let Murray is a flex consideration guy that you're going to have to put in the starting spot because obviously early game uh, and you're hoping for a touchdown to get 12 points. I don't, I don't understand yeah. why I'd guaranteed put that in my lineup yeah, yeah. before That's I can true. hear any injury news on anyone else. Um, yeah. All right. Are you, do you guys both taking the saints to go into Atlanta and win? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll take the Saints also. I don't think they lose to the Falcons twice. All right, that'll do it for our Thanksgiving Day preview of the games to come. And let me just give you guys a couple names uh, before we get out of here, uh, who to look at on waivers. Obviously, the big one is Jonathan Williams. Uh, it does. Marlon Mack is already ruled out for Week 13, so you have to think that Williams is going to get a lot of touches again. He can be a plug-and-play RB2. Sam Darnold uh, coming off a big week. Um, Jack Doyle is now the only tight end that's been getting snaps with Eric Ebron going to, he's going to be out for the rest of the year, but Mo Ali Cox might be, might be taking some, um, targets away. Debo Samuel, if he's not rostered, go pick him up. Uh, he's starting to come into his own as a rookie receiver. Uh, Christian's favorite guy. And we've talked about him this year. He's, he's had a really good year is Ryan Tannehill. If you guys need a streaming quarterback, Tannehill is definitely a guy you want to give a look to. Um, he has a, he has the third easiest playoff schedule and Rashad Penny. Um, this is more of a speculative ad because we don't know what's going to happen with a healthy penny and with Chris Carson having the case of the butterfingers. Um, so, but like we said, Penny looked good finishes RB eight this week or RB seven this week. So add him, put him on your bench, see what happens uh, week 13 and beyond. And he could be a guy that could possibly win you a league if he overtakes Carson for that job. Yep, exactly. Fuck that. All right. You guys got anything? Uh, happy holidays. 
<laughs> Hopefully yeah. we we can get both of our uh, articles out in a timely manner this week, which that never really happens for us. So we'll try. <laughs> Can't believe it's already that time of year. Yeah, and um, we will also be doing a little bit of uh, draft coverage. I know we talked about it on one of our Saturday DFS episodes, but um, I haven't told these guys yet, so breaking news to everyone involved. Uh, we're going to be doing a 2020 Dynasty uh, one-round mock draft, maybe two-round, but that'll just be a, a big surprise. And we're hoping to get that out uh, either end of this week or early next week, kind of give you a, a an idea of guys to look at. Now Probably that, early next week. Sure. Okay. Well. <laughs> um, no, Someone just, thinks he has important things this week or something. Yeah, like a holiday. Um, no, but uh, other than that, happy holidays. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, like I, like like we said, keep an eye out for the articles we're going to be posting. Uh, we'll give you guys our week 13 rankings, and we'll also give you our starts and sits. Um, and that'll do it for the cut here. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Good luck in week 13. It's make your final playoff push for Christian Williams. Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys next week. We go.